Mosaic family, what's going on? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Mosaic Midweek Podcast series on the Bible and the stories of those in our community who have grown up with it and have had changing ideas and have heard God speak to them today. We might have different thoughts and opinions and questions, but the hope is we can come together and communally ask and discern what God might be speaking to us and that we're hearing from God um, sensitively and lovingly. I hope y'all enjoy. All right, Mosaic, what's up? What's up? How are y'all doing today? Uh, we have another installment of the Mosaic Midweek Podcast, and our guest is the newly 25, 24? 24, You just turned 24. I'm 24. The yeah, newly yeah, yeah. turned 24 mm-hmm. Ashtonian, the Bostonian. I don't know if y'all know this, but she yeah. was born in Boston, and mm-hmm. sh- she didn't know that either. Yeah. Um, she also was the author of Clifford the Big Red Dog, even though that came out before she was born. Uh, whoever the author was, was the pre-incarnate. Yep manifestation of ashton yeah. overbay so yeah. i want to welcome know that. <laughs> yeah can you can you tell them a little bit about how that happened um yeah i uh was born in boston as you all know uh-huh. as you can tell by my accent um and the author actually originated in boston mm. clifford the yeah 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 and clifford lives in boston as well <laughs> um and we were in this like you know tiny apartment my mom was pregnant with me mm-hmm. um and yeah, uh, <laughs> we had like a really big dog. Um, and so through her womb, yeah, I kind of imagined this <laughs> like television show book into existence just through our own like dog in a tiny apartment, you know? Man, that's fantastic. <laughs> Mosaic, I don't think we realize how special the people in our community, yeah. like I don't think we realize how special we really are. Like. Y'all would have never known this story about Ashton if we didn't talk about it here. So count yourselves privileged. (laughs) All right, Ashton, we're going to continue on this uh, theme of sharing our stories with our relationship to the Bible. We've had the two Bs, Ben and Brady, on so far, and I'm glad to have you on today. yeah, why Glad don't to be the first woman? Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I'm 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 grateful for your presence on here. <laughs> and yeah, I I really respect uh your voice and the conversations we've gotten to have these past couple months. So I for sure wanted to have you on here. Yeah, can you share with us a little bit what growing up your relationship to the Bible was like? Yeah. Um honestly, until you asked me this question, I really hadn't thought like I thought about it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, like, I haven't really thought about it in a long time. Um, I grew up in a church that the belief was that the King James Bible was the only Bible. Mm. And so that really, like, shaped how I saw Jesus and how I saw the Bible. And, like, the emphasis was always on, like, reading your Bible every day and that being, like, the main discipline. But also it was really hard because it's the King James right. version, which is like in like insanely hard. And I think in my mind, just with like who I am, like I never 
questioned God or like the existence of God. Mm -hmm. I like always wanted to have a relationship with God. And I think like I see him in my life that he like pursued this relationship with me. But like I didn't know how to Mm. do that. And I think for, for me it was just like you just have to read the King James Bible because that's just the way that God has like that's that's the one way to God that right. he's given us and you just have to figure it out and it's like people do it like you get older and you figure it out and you learn these words and like you just have to figure it out mm-hmm. and do it um and so yeah that was kind of I didn't have like and t- it was my senior year until I had an English standard bible oh wow which is <laughs> kind of like mind-blowing because I think it, a lot of my other friends like did give up on God in a lot of ways be- just because of stuff like that like they couldn't even understand the Bible or like it, it was just so hard. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know yeah, yeah, what, yeah. how I made it that far. Right. Um, but I remember like going to my pastor when I was in like my senior year and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like I was just like crying and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like I, my parents believe that this is like the only Bible. And like, I know that you don't believe that. Mm. And I'm like, what if they're right? Like, what, like I was just like having this really big faith crisis mm-hmm. of like, I I want to do the right thing. And you know, like you're, you're taught your whole life that this is the right way. And then like you see it done differently in other people's lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, maybe it's not the right way, but then like, how do I know? Right, <laughs> so right, right. I would like, I was like crying to my math teacher about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and so <laughs> that's kind of like the, f- the foundation of my relationship with the Bible. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it's pretty rocky. <laughs> yeah, like linguistically, there yeah. was already a hindrance there. Yeah. So did you, you did say you always felt like God was real and you have a, a relationship with God yeah. outside of that. But yeah, so do you feel like you never had the opportunity to really engage with God through the Bible just because of that? Or were there some times when you were reading your King James, you were like, <laughs> all right, I think I understand this. I yeah. think this is meaningful to me. Or yeah. was it just always? I mean, I think there were some times that I found meaning in it. I think I found a lot of identity in helping others understand the Bible, mm. even though I don't, I, as like I, for as long as I can remember, I've never thought of myself as a teacher or wow. like, a, you know, like a, an interpreter or studier of the yeah. Bible. Like I, I, ne- I could never be at that level in my mind, but I think I took it upon myself because I was like, I know God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that reading the Bible is like really hard for you, but like I will help you get there because I know who God is. Right, right. And so I don't, I think to, to some extent, yeah, there were moments like where I found, or even just like sermons were preached, you know, and it's like yeah. that, that was a huge way of me receiving the gospel and receiving word from God, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. So. No, that's super interesting. In high school was the first time I ever encountered a KJV only person. Really? Yeah. So I grew up Ethiopian Pentecostal. Yeah. So we were reading all types of translations. In fact, wow. the Bible I had growing up, which a lot of people love, was the NIV 1984. So to shout out to wow. y'all who still have those Bibles and love it, because I, I also love my NIV wow. 1984. I don't know where it is right now, yeah. but I, uh, I remember being so rested when I had it because it was one of those Bibles that I had that I would just tear through every day. And you know that famous Spurgeon quote or whoever says it, a Bible that is falling apart is indicative of a person (laughs) whose life is not falling apart. Yes, yes. (laughs) So uh, my NIV 1984 just brings me a lot of memories of that. Now my life was for sure falling apart. Right. 
but yeah. nonetheless, but so was my Bible. But so was my Bible. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, so I had a friend named Austin, and he was telling me all of these things, and he's like, "There's this thing called the Texas Receptus, and all these translation things that." justify the belief that KJV is the superior yeah. English translation that is equivalent yeah. to the original Greek manuscripts. And I just, I remember being interested, but I was also yeah. like, this, this seems a little icky to me. Right. Uh, but I, I was never like questioning his salvation because, yeah. but it, it was always, it, it seemed very closed, like it, in group so i don't yeah. was it, you said though it was just your parents who believed that and not necessarily your pastor but was your church culture so, like that was it an ifb church uh, uh, no. okay okay so it was a missionary baptist oh, okay okay um so my pastor that i was talking to he was like i ended up once i was in middle school i was kind of going to different churches oh. than my own parents so my whole fam like my entire extended family went to that church that my parents grew up in or i mean they kind of grew up in that church um, and I grew up there, but then once I got older, I, that pastor, I see. you know, he, it's also like a Southern Baptist church, but mm -hmm. they didn't have like a mandate of like King right. James. I think he read from like the new King James, but yeah, 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 everyone yeah. else had like, you know, their own Bible and whatnot. So shout, shout out, yeah. shout out to the King Jamesers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still valid. 100%. You know, it was a translation for a reason. 100%. <laughs> 1611, yeah. the authorized yeah. King James. Shout out to the anglicans the, the yeah the 1611ers <laughs> the non-separatists right. <laughs> yeah the, yeah the ones who have a complicated relationship yeah. with american protestantism yeah. but uh yeah Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> um so how has your relationship with the bible like formed yeah. and uh, your ideas now how do they uh, contrast with what you were raised with and kind of what yeah. you showed the story. With yeah. So. I mean, it's really, I don't know. It, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts. Share so I all. don't want to like ramble and I don't want to do. not make sense. Cause I can, I can edit stuff <laughs> okay. too. So Thank share God. all your thoughts. Thank yes. God. Okay. Um, so uh, originally like my thought goes to like once I, like after my senior year of high school, the Bible became very like my my relationship with my parents was very rocky mm -hmm. and especially around faith like that's what it was around was our faith and like how it differed how it wasn't mm -hmm. like my faith was not their traditional forms of like following god and they could like they just have never been able to really gra like grasp that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so once i real like it when i when i had my english standard version i felt like i could actually have my own faith. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever felt like I was my on my parents' faith, but I felt like I had a way to like defend. Right. Like I I remember it being like a like a, a symbol of like justice for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I could I could say like I I know who God is. Mm. And like I I know that this like I know who God is, and I yep. know that this is what He says to me, and like I know that He does not make a, a Bible that's not applicable to me, and I know that He's like the God of the marginalized, like right. like that's not what you believe and that's not what you preach. But like it, it, it became like this, this advocate for me. Mm. And so then like, ha like growing up thinking like that reading your Bible was like the best thing that you could do. And it was like the only thing mm -hmm. like discipline was not really taught growing up, right. but, 
like reading the Bible was. Like that was the only thing that was really important. And so that was what I, like I made that my goal because I was like that, that's what people are telling me is the way to God. And so I'm just going to, you know, like I just, I, I follow rules and I just like, that's how I am. And Mm. so going into college, like I really was like habitual about like reading my Mm -hmm. Bible every day Mm -hmm. and it was it was good for me. Like it was like for, formative. Yeah. Um. But I think a lot of it was f- like really hard. Mm-hmm. Like it was hard to read your Bible every day at like six a.m. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. like it was good for me. And I like built myself around. Like I I made myself a the kind of personality that does that. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And now I feel a lot less of that pressure. Mm. Like it was good and it was formative for me at the time. And like it's not that it doesn't like half like it doesn't it does it's not that it doesn't have value to read your bible every day in the morning and like that kind of stuff but i think it's just changed for me in the sense of like i i really experience god by living my life right 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 and i don't have to sit for an hour and like study and dissect the word mm. you know what i'm saying right, like right, right. It, it's it's i do that still but it's not i know that like i experience god through my everyday life yeah um, and so now it's more like meditative. Like mm. I, I, I would read through the Bible project, like very formative. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and like the whole, like when I was growing up, everything was like, I, I just remember pastors being like, hey, you know, you haven't read the Bible all the way through. Like how many times have you read the right, Bible? Right. Like, ha- I bet you haven't read like every page on, mm-hmm. in this book. And like that spurred me. I was like, I'm going to right, right, prove yeah. you wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then I did. I ended up like reading the Bible like three or four yeah, times. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what most of it said. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there, th- there's a lot that I probably don't know. I couldn't tell you, you know? what's <laughs> happening in Deuteronomy. Literally. But I'll take you to Titus. <laughs> but I did. I did read it. I physically read it. I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. it says. Um, <laughs> and so like now I don't really fit like the way that I come to the Bible, I like, I just don't see it the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I don't need to accomplish anything. I don't Mm -hmm. need to like dissect it and study it. I'd study it in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's a whole episode. Like we were really raised to like conquest the Bible. Like, yeah, yeah, you you said accomplish. And that's what made me think of this word conquest. It really was this bet you won't do it. And and I remember hearing a story in high school um, about a kid who was just really frustrated because he would go to youth group and the answer was always read your Bible, read these verses, meditate on it. And he, and there was this like tract or this pamphlet he was given and he had ended up having like sex with his girlfriend several times. And he was very discouraged by how many times he fell. And he came in the youth pastor's room and he throws the pamphlet on the table. He says, this doesn't work. This, this doesn't work. And I heard the story and it, it, and it made me a little sad. Um, because we really are kind of trained not i'm not going to speak for everyone but when the bible is almost something to accomplish and is attached to a shame driven uh, discipline Mm -hmm. it it really makes a spiral into this cognitive dissonance and mental despair when we do sin and it's not the antidote our pastors our leaders our parents taught us it would be um and I, I don't know if I can just locate it as if you read this, you'll be good. But I, I think there's got to be yeah. 
something more and it sounds like you learned to accept God's speaking to you through the Bible yes but through through other means as well yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about what those other means were yeah yeah um I think a lot of it has been through just like experiencing people mm -hmm. I think the way that I was taught to um live my life was always to be like sharing the gospel like all the time and everything yeah. that we do is like through evangelizing and that kind of stuff but I don't think like I, I as an adult I see God now as like like Jesus is so compelling that he like I don't need to have every answer from mm -hmm. the Bible so like me experiencing p people and being there for people and being like present for people and living my life in a way that makes a difference I guess yeah, yeah, or, or yeah, yeah. living my life in a way that is true to like to God like I don't have to have the answers and I think being able like we've talked about this before like being able to hold different beliefs yeah. in, in one hand and like your own beliefs in another hand like to me that has been the best way for me to experience God and because I I, I have so much compassion for people because like I don't hold on to the Bible like I did like I don't I don't hold very tightly to what I, I know or mm. believe that Jesus says in the Bible. Like right. I experience God yeah, yeah. and I, and I experience him through people. And when people have different beliefs than me, I have compassion for them. Right, right, and right. that is God having compassion for me. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. So how would you respond? Cause I feel like that could potentially, I I'm rocking with you yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I could potentially see uh, holding that diversity of perspectives and our beliefs about the Bible, the way we experience it now, yeah. the the not looking at it as it at it as a manual for certainty for like doctrinal things anymore, but as this transformative text, yeah. um, which engages our real lives and the social conditions of the people around us, and the 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 the, the despairs people feel that might get sound a little worrisome right. to people it, it might feel like we don't take the bible as sacred yeah. or as important or even meaningful to maybe what our ideas of salvation might yeah. be people could maybe attach that to a sense of uh progressivism or that yeah. uncertainty might mean we don't believe jesus died on the cross or is resurrecting or just right. other doctrines that we hold dear but yeah. we're scared if we look at the bible different ways yeah. that means we don't um believe what it says how yeah. would you respond to concerns like that for you and your yeah. own life yeah i mean i think about this a lot because i i think as i experience god i become to like I, especially like through our like, you know the residency program mm -hmm. and like having that safety net to like have questions about mm -hmm. god i think I experienced him in a, in a different way mm -hmm. than the way that I was told that he works. Right. And the way that I was told that the Bible says. Yeah. And so I do fear people thinking like I don't ha hold a high view of the Bible mm -hmm. or yeah. that I'm like um, liberal. I don't right, know right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can for sure see that. I like, I don't really want a label because of something that I believe. Like, I don't want to be put in a box. Nobody mm. wants to be put in a box or misunderstood. But I think probably the most formative thing that 
shapes that view of the mm-hmm. Bible for me is Jody Owens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout <laughs> he, out to Jody. He's amazing, and he's just, like, one of the most, like, passionate, just, like, really, like, Jesus people mm-hmm. um, that I know. And he was talking about the Old Testament, and he was saying, like, um, basically, you know, you see, like, Leviticus and the Ten Commandments and the Old Testament, and, like, people have a really hard time reading that, mm-hmm. and they see it as, like, not applicable to our lives, mm-hmm. like it is, like, the New Testament. And he was saying, like, that's it's it, it is a book of rules, like that's what it is. But it's it's not just rules. Like it's like obviously those things are not applicable to, to us today. Like yeah. we don't do it the same. Like we don't practice those those laws in the same way that yeah. we did. But what they do say is what God values, mm. and like seeing the Bible as this is what I value. Like like. This is not black and white because it's not written for me in mm-hmm. 2022. Right, 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 right. It's not written for a single woman in 2022 in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> like it's right. it's not written in that way. And I don't go to the Bible for those answers anymore. Like mm-hmm. I don't. You're, there's this, a narrative, and I know Wes has talked about it, but like you're told that every question that you have yeah. is answerable in the Bible, right. and you spend your whole life like trying to find that answer. And I'm and I'm told like. You know, if you have an unbelieving friend or a, somebody who's struggling, then you take them to the Bible and you like right. you work through the pages of the Bible to figure out what the answer is. And like, I just don't. I, I it doesn't work. Yeah. I, it, it just it, it. People do it, and it like they make it work. But I think seeing the Bible as a book of what God values tells more about His heart. Yeah. Than it does rules, which I don't think God is. Act, like it even though he made a book of rules in a sense, like I don't think God is about rules. Right, right. And so to that discussion, I think I would say that like Jesus became really messy and Jesus became a human Mm -hmm. for a reason and Mm -hmm. he became a God for the marginalized. Yeah. And that does not fit inside the context of right and wrong. Right, right, right. And that that doesn't mean that there isn't justice and there isn't right and wrong. But I think we have to see it differently. Like there's more humanity to right and wrong yeah. than just saying, just writing something off. Right. As right or wrong. Right. Um, the, like I, th- I think the, w- the gospel that Jesus lives out is available to, to all. Right, 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 right. Regardless of your sin or whether you think somebody is wrong. Right. And there's no answers for that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like faith is not having answers and, and mystery. Mm. And I think when you look at the Bible as this rule book, you eliminate the mystery right. and you eliminate the faith, but that's where God works. Right, he right, works right. In, the, in the space where you don't know if he's going to come through and you don't know if you don't, none of us know what's going to happen when mm. we die. Not one of, like we don't know. Mm. <laughs> and Ooh. so, like that that is the that is the point of our faith mm-hmm. like like you can't prove it and that is the point of faith right 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 <laughs> like, right yeah yeah and and no human wants to live like that mm. <laughs> like i mean you it it's nice at times because you know you learn a whole lot about god but like everyone wants certainty right it's it's interesting mm-hmm. because there are so many texts texts in the Bible that we are told to place confidence in, in even yeah. verses about faith. Yeah. In Hebrews 11, faith is right. the assurance of things hoped for. Yeah. But 
being assured, you, you said something really profound. God is in the spaces where we don't know where everything is going to work out. Like even the Israelites yeah. in, in ancient Judean, Second Temple Judaism and in ancient Near East in the Hebraic times, be in the prophets and uh, even before. It's not like their beliefs about what happens after death were solidified and understood. Yes, there is language that yeah. the Bible gives us to give us context and to substantiate a hope we're encouraged right. to believe. Yeah. But I don't think the point of the passages about the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of believers thereafter in light of what Christ has accomplished is to know exactly how it happens, right? right? Like the first Thessalonians 4.11 passage, we will be caught up in the air or... Yeah. All yeah. of these or all of these things It's like, oh, I know for some yeah. somehow I'm going to be suspended in the air right. and, yeah. <laughs> you know, angels are going to be floating around right. me. Like, and people have created theologies around it that are meant to make you confident. And if yeah. again, this is where Ashton and I are not trying to make you doubt what you believe and the confidence you do have. But just realizing the Bible's purpose is not for us to weaponize it as points to win in an argument yeah. but more a story to invite people into as people who also suffer despair as yeah. ourselves like bible verses about hope no longer need to be band-aids to yeah. to help us go through life they they can be sources of conflict and wrestling and and questions that uh god the almighty is not afraid of and so yeah that's yeah i maybe on one of these episodes i'll be able to share my story as well because i feel like there's a lot of things you're talking through that have been similar to uh mine but also wanting to clarify uh the bible is a book i value tremendously like yeah like more than any other book i've read i just receive it a little differently and it's helped me not just see life as a intermittent period before eternity but 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 a place in which there there is life to be had now in jesus's name and and for the marginalized for for the poor for the hurting and god meets with us in in those spaces so yeah the the last the last question i have for you is if there is anything, what do you believe God is just speaking to you right now at this point of your life? <sighs> That's a really hard I think somehow, I mean, we're having this conversation because we believe in Jesus and because, like, we're not trying to doubt the Bible and Jesus. We're trying, like, we're coming from a place of people who've experienced, like, hurt and Mm -hmm. pain, and we're not naive to that stuff. And I think... um, I think that's the the struggle that I have right now in my life. I don't know uh, if this mm. is going to make sense, but 
I feel like I've just been wrestling with God about like the circumstances of my life mm-hmm. and the despair of my life, you know, of, mm-hmm. of just like things that you can't control and the things that you can't, um, things when, like when things don't go as you want them to be, or, you know, you're, you're, you're dealt cards that you didn't want. Um, and I've been fighting with God about that mm-hmm. for a long time. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I know God is saying something to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I, I, I go back and forth between um, meditating on scripture and feeling very hopeful mm-hmm. and feeling um, like remembering that, that these things are true, that right. God is the God of the marginalized. He's mm-hmm. the God of, of justice, um, but also knowing that I live my life in a, in a in a world that it's not just mm. and that really bothers me yeah um and i think god is like i don't want to use the word force but i think something like that like he's forcing me he it's like you can only fight for so long mm. and like i think god is trying to get me to look him in the eye mm. <laughs> and um trust that he is that God, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's been different seasons in my life where I've known that. And right. I've, I've believed that I've seen that I've trusted that, but I think we're just doing it all over again all the time. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So. Something that has encouraged me deeply in times like that for me, where God is like, Hey, you can look me in the eye. I promise it, it, it might be painful. Uh, it's for your good or what, whatever um, message or purpose is being brought about in those times in my life is the degree of my faith in God and scripture at those moments is not the most important thing about me, which is what I used to believe. I heard somebody, um, there was actually D.A. Carson. He shared this story about uh, he uh, made up this scenario in during the Passover time when the Israelites heard the spirit was going to pass over and the firstborn of the Israelites would be killed, but those who had the blood over the door would be saved. They would be spared from pestilence and tragedy, uh, just insufferable tragedy. And there's like these two guys talking to one another before that night. And they're like, hey, are you nervous, man? Like um, the spirit of God's going to come. And I, I, I've i got the blood over my door, but I I don't know if I'm going to be spared. And the other guy's like, no, I'm not nervous. Yeah. I, I'm not nervous. Like God said he was going to do it. I trust him. There, There's no uh, inkling of doubt in me. And D.A. Carson asked the question, so who was right and who was spared? And he says, both of them were, because the blood was still over the door. It wasn't the degree of their faith that kept uh, them safe. It was the promise of God and the hope in believing that God could still make things new was still possible in a world that it seems like empires always win, that um, injustice is the inevitable result. And God is always giving us snippets and stories and promises that hold us for dear life, even when we're at the brink of disbelieving them and still holding us together. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. I I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of your story and giving us food for thought to wrestle through. Uh, and yeah, hope it sparks uh, conversation, reflection, and yeah, m maybe even challenge, right? Yeah. The, the, the point of these conversations aren't just to be like, hey, yo, like, Right. Believe everything we say. Ashton yeah. and I understand yeah. we're youngins. Like right. Right. <laughs> we're, we're not trying to be out here and um, yeah, with any form of pride or if you did kind of grow up in cultures or still hold to some of the things we're resistant to, please know we have all the love in the world yeah. for you. Uh, this is just how God has spoken our language. Yep. And so are we are we Gen Z? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to Gen Zers. To Gen Z. The God of the Gen Zers. The God of the Gen <laughs> This is this is the new <laughs> the new way. The new <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> do you have any final words or thoughts that you got or No, I I mean I think I really it's an honor yeah. to have this conversation. I mean we have these conversations all the time. Right. So right. it doesn't really feel like I was nervous, but it doesn't really feel any different. Good. You know? So it's it's cool to, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed hearing from Ben and Brady. So yeah. it's, I, I hope the same is true for me. Man, so. I'm, I'm confident it will be. Well, Mosaic, we love y'all. Uh, peace and grace. And remember to cop um, a book of Clifford the Big Red Dog at yeah. stores near you by a Stony in the Bostonian. Where all books are sold. <laughs> yes. And on PBS. Yes. <laughs> Adios. Adios. <laughs>